The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back with you today. We are in the middle of a mini-series, if you will, on what does it mean to be called? Uh, Who is called? What is your calling? And what happens when your calling doesn't make sense is what I'm going to kind of talk about today. Uh, Just to kind of give you a summary, uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about how you were called, every single one of us, that was created by God, made by God, was given a purpose of God. We are called by Him to be in His family through the process of salvation. We are called to be made into His likeness, like a father who has a child and hopes that that child will grow up in honor of who he is. Um, God hopes that we grow up in honor of who he is. And when you see somebody's children, you can often tell that they're like their parents. Mannerisms become similar. Of course, if they share the same DNA and they're biological children, they will look in some ways like their, uh, like their parents. Um, the same should be true of those of us who are spiritually the children of God that we look like him, that we love like him, that we live like him, that people see him in us. We're called to be saved by him, to be transformed and sanctified by him, and to serve him. Again, what happens when in the embracing of that calling in our life, what happens when it doesn't make sense? What happens when there seems to be a block something in the way. What happens when we're called to love our God and love our neighbor and our neighbor is difficult to love? What happens when those who seemingly we thought were close friends or brothers and sisters in Christ disagree with us to the point that it makes it tense and maybe even stirs up anger How do we live out God's calling in those difficult situations? How do we love when it's hard to love? How do we follow when it's hard to follow? How do we obey when it seems like there is no way? Today I hope to cover that as we look at it as as an example from the book of Joshua chapter 1 and chapter 3. So if you will, will you pray with me? And let's ask God to speak to our hearts through his truth. His word is truth. Join me. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much, first of all, for being a God who never gives up on us. For being a God who created us with a purpose. And you called us. Even before the foundation of the world, you knew we would be dealing with this COVID season. You knew we would be dealing with these times that are so uncertain to us. And so, God, we pray that you help us to put our trust in you. You who has never failed us. You who constantly are the faithful one. Help us to keep our eyes on you, to listen to you, and when you move, that we'd follow you. 
And when we hear you call us, that we would respond faithfully. Be with us now. Open our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. So turn with me to the book of Joshua. To give you the context, the, the nation of Israel up to this point has been led by Moses. They had just spent 40 years traveling from the land of Egypt where they were in captivity as slaves to the Egyptians. Moses let them, led them as God's instrument through the wilderness. It should have only taken a short time, maybe a few weeks, months at the most. But because of their disobedience and their unfaithfulness, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, 40 years has passed. Moses has died. And the baton of leadership was passed from Moses to a faithful servant, the leader of the army of Israel, a man named Joshua. We pick up there as Joshua gets ready to lead the people into the promised land. They're about to cross over the Jordan River. And listen to these words. As God is calling this people to their next stage and phase in life. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. So therefore, arise, go over uh, this Jordan, the Jordan River, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you, just as I promised Moses. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The first couple things I want you to see here is that you, you look back, and, and for those of you who know these stories, you see that God is a God of miracles. God is the God of unfolding um, acts of power and, and things that just blow us away. And sometimes we don't think of God the same as he was yesterday, today. But here I want you to see the truth that just as God was with Moses, God is promising Joshua, as I was with Moses, as I, as I helped him, as I helped him defeat um, the enemies that stood in their way, as I provided manna, food in the desert, and water from rocks, as I provided and was there for you, I will be there for you as well. As God was with Moses, he promises to be with Joshua. And I believe this promise is true for us today. The book of Hebrews tells us that God is the yesterday, same yesterday, today, and forever. And here we see Joshua being encouraged. Don't worry. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We have to remember that God is, just, is not just with us in the, in the good times. He is with us at all times. He is with us in the uncertain times. 
and he is here with us today. He says, I will not leave you or forsake you. Verse 7, so be strong and courageous, being careful to do everything according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to live and do everything according to what is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The second thing that Joshua needed to hear was, as I was with Moses, I am going to be with you. And as I instructed Moses, I am going to instruct you. The great thing about the law, the word of God, the law is uh, the Old Testament version. That's what Joshua had. Joshua had just the first few books of the Bible. Of course, it wasn't bound in leather like ours today. Uh, the majority of the Bible hadn't even been, been written. But the truth is the truth from cover to cover. And even though Joshua only had this much of the law, that was enough. And God said, you've not been this way before. And so you've got to stay in tune to who I am. You've got to stay in my word. You've got to listen to me as I lead you. Do not part from it to the right or to the left. Meditate on the truth that I've passed you. Speak about them often. They were told that when in your comings and goings, speak of the law, speak of the word of God. Are we doing that in our life? Are we doing that in the lives of our children? Are we letting the law be that which is our foundation and our guide? Joshua was encouraged. I'm going to be with you. Don't be afraid. Instead, be strong and courageous. But pay attention. Keep your eyes on me as I was with Moses and gave Moses the law that I have also had passed on to you. Meditate in that law. Stay living according to that law. It's often been said, basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible. This is our manual. This set of instructions is to be the foundation that we build our life upon. And so, let's see what happens when Joshua starts to lead the people. He's heard the call as some of you, I've been encouraging each of you. You're called, I'm called, we're all called. God doesn't call those who are prepared. He prepares those he's called. As God was with Moses, he was promised to be with Joshua, and he promises to be with us. And so one of the first things that happens in the life of Joshua is the first obstacle comes in his way. God had just told Joshua to prepare to lead and take, take over, command. 
of the land of Israel, the people of Israel. They're about to enter, and as they enter, it's an interesting season. Where they are and where God has led them, there is a river in between. And the river is at flood stage. Now, a lot of those who are alive under Joshua's leadership had heard stories of how God had led their ancestors, their grandparents, their parents through uh, the Red Sea. But they had never seen that kind of thing for themselves. But that's about to change. God had instructed Joshua and said, get ready to go into the land. He had sent out spies to check out the land. It's a really cool story, Joshua chapter 2. Check it out. We don't have time to explore it today. But the spies come out and the spies tell Joshua uh, there's a, uh, a flood in our way if we're really going to go that way. So Joshua rose early in the morning, chapter 3. And they set out from where they were camped at Shittim. And they came to the Jordan River, he and all the people that he was leading, all the people of Israel. They lodged there before they passed over. They stayed there three days, but at the end of three days, officers went throughout the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levites, the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. So number one, they're camped. The people, I'm sure, are wondering if they maybe made a wrong turn because Joshua has led them seemingly to a dead end. They can't cross. This Jordan River is at flood stage. It's harvest season. The rains are plentiful. The, the Jordan River is a mighty river. You aren't getting across it at this stage. And so I'm sure the people are wondering, what's up? Joshua goes and has a conversation with God, and God says, hey, I'm going to tell you what to do. And I just want you to trust me. I want you to tell the officers. They're going to go instruct the people. And so that conversation had taken place, and the first set of instructions was, when you see God move, follow him. You see, the, the ark uh, was, was this box it was made of acacia wood. There are acacia trees everywhere in this area. And uh, made of common wood, but then covered, overlaid in gold. A beautiful symbol of something to come. The common covered in the divine. We see this as a symbol of God with the people. Pointing to one day Jesus coming. God with us. This symbol, the ark, was a holy vessel. Things of God um, were kept in it. It was so sacred that only the Levitical priests could carry it by these special poles that were constructed. It was holy. And it was a symbol of God's presence leading them. And so the officer said, when you see the ark of the covenant and the Levitical priests pick it up and move it, this is your your signal to follow God. There are times in our lives when we see God moving. And you know what our response should be? To follow God. 
Do you see God moving in your life and often wonder what he's up to? Do you sometimes feel the urging and moving and calling of God to do something or say something and you're not sure if you should? I'm here to encourage you. If you see God moving, follow him. He is always working. There's a study from back in the 90s, I think, called Experiencing God, written by Henry Blackaby. That's a great series. If you've never done a personal Bible study, I encourage you, order Experiencing God today. One of the foundational principles in that study is that God is always working. God is always moving. And he invites us to follow him, to join him. And so here the officers say, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the priests, then you should get up from your place and follow it. Are you following God? Are you following him? Number two, yet there should be a distance, verse four, between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know which way you should go. For you have not passed this way before. The second thing I want to encourage you that the officers were telling the people, when you see God, follow him. But number two, don't get ahead of God. Stay back. Let it lead you. You've not been this way before. How many of you have ever been through coronavirus before? Exactly. I have never either. And we don't know what next week is going to be like. We don't know what kind of uh, year this year is going to pan out to be. We don't know if, if schools will stay uh, online the whole year or not. We don't know if there's going to be another wave of coronavirus uh, come up as the cold weather and the seasons change. We don't know. And so let us be careful not to get ahead of God. Let us stay back keeping our eyes on him, letting him lead us, not getting ahead of him, because we have never been this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. We talked last week about how there are three basic calls. Call to salvation, God drawing us to himself, forgiving us of our sins, making us new by the washing, renewing of his shed blood. The second calling, the calling to sanctification, the setting apart for a special purpose. Joshua says right here, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate. Set yourself apart for a purpose. Get ready. God is going to do some amazing things among you. Do we live that way? Are we constantly setting ourselves apart, consecrating ourselves, keeping ourselves in line with who God is, doing our best to follow after him, to obey him, to toss off and get rid of everything that holds us down, that ties us up, the sin that so easily entangles? God invites us, calls us, commands us to follow him and to consecrate ourselves. The Bible says that if we, the people of God, 
will repent of our sins, the process of consecrating ourselves, if we will humble ourselves and call on him and pray, he will heal our land. Our land needs some healing. Our God needs some of us willing to repent and to consecrate ourselves. God has salvation for the world in mind. His love wants to be poured out and the church is his vessel through which he wants to accomplish this. Are we consecrating ourselves so that his love and mercy will flow through us to touch the world that so desperately needs him? And so he gave this instruction to the people. Follow God. Don't get ahead of God and prepare yourself, consecrate yourself for God is about to do something great. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. And so this is exactly what happened. The priests picked up the Ark and they went before the people. As they approached the Jordan River, the Jordan River kept flowing. I'm sure the people were like, uh, are we sure? There's no bridge. I don't see a way to cross. But the people were called to be obedient and to be faithful. And as soon as they came and put their first foot in the water, sometimes God calls us to trust him, even though it doesn't make sense. There was no dry ground to step on yet. There was still water, and it wasn't until they were willing to take that step of faith, and then God responded. When their foot hit the water, the waters immediately stopped. The waters that were flowing from up above stopped flowing, and the waters that kept going cleared, and the people were able to pass through on dry land. When all the nation had finished passing, this is chapter 4, verse 1, when they had finished passing over the Jordan, the Jordan said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people of each tribe and command them to take twelve stones here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring the stones over with you and lay them down in the place where you're going to lodge tonight. You see what God was setting them up for was for them to have something to remember him by. There are seasons that God leads us through. And it's important for us to remember the way that he led us before he will lead us again. Joshua had just told the people, pick up stones. From where it was once a flood, there is now dry ground. Those stones were carried across. Turn with me to uh, verse 19. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones that they had gathered, verse 20, which they took up out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, as you walk by these stones, when your children ask their forefathers in the times that will come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. 
For the Lord God had dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. And as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea when he dried up uh, for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Joshua had told them, go and get those stones, set them up, use them as an opportunity to remember that as God was with your forefathers when they passed through the Red Sea, he was with you at, in crossing the Jordan, and tell your children, as he was with your ancestors, he will be with you for all this should be a reminder and a memorial that God is mighty and that all who know God will fear him forever. What kind of stones do you have in your past? In what ways have you seen God work in your life before? I encourage you, either in the margins of your Bible or in a journal that you keep, that you take time and you pick up those stones from the times when God has laid you, I mean, led you through storms, through flood stage rivers, through trials, through struggles, through situations in your past. How has God been there? Use those stones as memorials to remind yourself, God helped me then. He is with me now. God has called you. He has set you apart. He has a plan for your life. And we are to be faithful in obeying God one step at a time. Being in his word. Following him as he leads. Not getting ahead of him. And not being afraid. Even when the way seems absurd. Even when the call doesn't make sense. As God was with Moses and Joshua and the heroes of old, he is with us today. In the flood stage times of this coronavirus, God is leading us through it. He has a call for us to be his people in this promised land where he has sent us to love him, to love our neighbors, and to help them see how great and awesome and mighty our God is. My hope is that you will not question your calling, but that you would be faithful in following the God who's called you by name, who has set you apart for a purpose. If you're listening today and you've never understood that God did all that he did for you 2,000 years ago, Jesus came in flesh, God in flesh. He died for us, making it possible for us to have our sins forgiven. The Bible says that he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. That if any who would put their faith and trust and hope in him, he would make them new. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, if we confess to God that the way we're living is wrong and that we want his forgiveness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. That is our first step of accepting the calling of God in our life to accept his salvation 
and then to start living according to his word. And you really can't live according to his word if you're not spending time in his word. So as Joshua was instructed in Joshua chapter 1, meditate on the word, speak of the word, study the word, get together with others who study God's word. We have community groups and Bible study groups meeting all times of the week. Get into his word so his word can get into you because you've not been this way before. And if you live according to God's word, he promises to lead you. And so I want to encourage you. If you've never given your heart to God, you can do so today. If you're not spending time getting to know him through his word, start a reading plan today. Message me. I'd love to reach out to you and help you get plugged into a community group, a Bible study, to start doing personal devotions, to get to know God and to be in his word. God is a calling for you. And there's so much he wants to do to reach this world through you. As he was with Moses, as he was with Joshua, he wants to be with you today. Father God, I pray right now for all listening that we would not turn a deaf ear to your call, that we would see you move and that we would follow you, that we would follow you not just in the future, not just once we get our lives right, but we would start following you in the midst of the storm today. That like the priests, the Levites who stepped forward and put their foot into that flood stage, Jordan River, that we would take a step of faith forward with you today. And that in us moving, you will lead us one step at a time. So be with us, Lord. Lead us. I pray that you be with those now who are calling out to you for salvation. I pray that you be with those who already know you as Savior that you would help us to see the next steps you want us to take in following you in our life today. We know this season is tough, but you promise to always be with us. You promise and encourage us to be strong and courageous, for you are with us. We thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. You're not alone. God is with you. God has given us the church, his body. We are here to be with you, to encourage you and to help you in your calling. Let's do this together.